Oh, I shaved my mustache, by the way. Check it oh. out. Yeah, I got sick of it. What did what did Zach think of it? He, he doesn't gone. care. He doesn't care. Did he notice? <laughs> no. He didn't even yeah. like blink an eye and she was like, Oh, that's so much better and Zach just whatever. <laughs> that's frustrating. <laughs> Uh, for the last uh, the last week, though, I have been calling it our mustache. Like, Zach mm. and I are growing it together. Welcome back to the Robot Factory, a podcast where we build and sell and talk about and go off on tangents on products. Uh, I'm your host, <laughs> Caleb Sharp. I'm the other host, Jonathan Bowers. Dela can't, uh, can't make it today, unfortunately. Uh, we promised three hosts last episode, and here we are, back to two. <laughs> back to two. Just a bit of a push on some other projects, and so Dela wants the time to um, get some things done on those projects. So she'll be back next week. How did building some of that free stuff we talked about last week go? I think you've done. I think you've done most of it. Is it deployed? Yeah, yeah, I did most of it. Well, last week I think, and then finally yesterday, the c- custom color accents that's in so users um, whether they pay or not can set a color in their profile and then they get set when they generate the images which is kind of cool just like a nice little little color picker and then a link to a feedback form Mm -hmm. which I don't think we talked about on the podcast last time I don't think I think it's basically just like it sits at the bottom of the page if you click it it's just like a, a field where you can put any thoughts you have yeah, it's using um, my new favorite no-code tool. That's not really, what is it, a no-code tool? It kind of is, I guess. It's a form builder, tally.so. It's amazing. It's so fast, and it has lots of integrations. I can integrate it on the back, like directly within tally. I can integrate it with Notion. Notion is a document and uh, document and knowledge tool that we use. So with the tally integration directly into Notion, we can take results that people have submitted via tally the form and then just pipe them straight into notion or i can pipe them into slack which is kind of cool i yeah. haven't wired that up yet i should do that um, but it's really fast to make these things and i really like it and you get a lot for the free tier um, whereas most of the most of the form builders they they don't they limit your they limit your features so severely that you can't you can't really use them or they limit the number of forms you can create Whereas the free tier on Tally is, it seems like it's just unlimited. Like you can have unlimited forms, unlimited responses. You get conditional logic. You have to have the branding on it uh, for free, which is fine. And uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of like features that they turn off, but I, I don't feel like I need them. It's yeah. pretty slick. How does it compare to something like like Google Forms? Um, I, I think it's a lot nicer. It looks better. It's way faster to create. I, I don't know that that's that's a big deal breaker for most people so I don't, I don't know take that with a grain of salt they integrate with more stuff out of the box you can compose the forms in a way that can guide the user more in a way that you want them to fill out the form whereas i feel like google forms you really just get form fields but with with tally you can almost almost not quite you can almost type a whole document in there so you can really provide a lot of instructions um, you can put images in which is kind of cool and they have like Notion has, they have a multi-column support. So you can put two col- like stuff, like text or pictures next to text or pictures, which is actually really nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's really good. Cool. Well, hopefully somebody actually uses the form and then 
they actually see that difference. <laughs> I think what I want to do at least is have it notify us in Slack that somebody filled out the form because otherwise I don't think I will get a notification. <laughs> I'll just, it'll just appear and I'll have to hope, hopefully remember to go check it. Anyways, yeah, tally.so, super awesome form tool. So you got that hooked up. You got that little feedback form, which um, is pretty pretty slick. I, I, I got to say, I like, I like those kinds of tools, like Tally specifically because of the pricing is really nice because hooking up contact forms is kind of a pain to deal with in code. Like if you have to write that all up, um, you've got to deal with, you got to deal with a server to receive those requests, and then you got to send them somewhere. So you got to like send them to a database, or you got to wire it up to some, some you know Airtable or Coda thing, mm-hmm. um, or send emails, which can be problematic because you end up getting spam. Spam submissions for forms is so much more common and annoying than people realize. Like even if your website gets like no traffic, it will get spam submissions to its form. Yeah, you have one. So you've hooked up that stuff, and that's all live and ready to go. I haven't even looked at the site yet. Let's go look. I don't think I did either. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and the sign up and login buttons, which is actually pretty important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we yeah. have any? Do we have any? Any way of knowing when someone signs up? We won't get any notification, but I can I can check to see if any users have been created. Which I, can I do would right like. Now. I would like to see if we could make a notification. Does does Superbase have anything directly, or would I have to hook up something? Um, at the very least, they probably have webhooks. I don't know how how okay, automatic it would be to set something up. I'm looking at so one of the other tools we use is Make.com, and it's like it's like Zapier. You can connect things to each other, like connect pieces of software together to do stuff. Um, but make is, is a lot more flexible. It's a lot more complicated, but it's a lot more flexible. And I, I wonder if super, ah, nope, shoot. It's a, it's a Postgres database. Uh, so I can connect to post a Postgres database, but it also has the ability, make has the ability for me to create um, a web hook. And a web hook is just a, like, just something that's super, we can give super base the database a little URL to say whenever something happens, just send the data to this other URL, um, and I can create that inside of Make. So we might we might play around with that a little bit, but at the very least, you can just log in. I don't want it to be manual though, because that feels like something we'd forget to do. Much in the same way, I'd forget to go and check and see if anybody filled out the form. Well, it's any consolation that no one has signed up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm almost certain of it. <laughs> yeah preparing for eventual success <laughs> right well i mean that's not a critical thing that's just for like our own yeah it's ego just so that we know when is. people sign yeah. up yeah but it is celebrate. like it would be a shame if the one person who signed up we didn't get back to them for a week or we didn't do anything for a week and they they just left <laughs> yeah and it's not it's not that hard it's not that hard to hook that stuff up can you give me access to Superbase, or is that something that you can't do in the tier that we have uh that's a good question there's so many auth providers. You can sign in through Zoom. You can sign in through Notion. Oh, my goodness. Of all the ways that we want to enable someone to log in, Zoom is probably at the bottom. So you can list. sign in through Spotify? Okay, now that one's cool. <laughs> <laughs> through those providers, does that give us access to pulling their like their profile image? I think it 
depends. I don't know how automatic it is with Superbase, but you would set up like in Spotify or Google or Facebook or whatever, you specify what information you need about the user. Hmm. And then when, when people get their like OAuth authorization dialogue, it would like usually they list all the permissions that are being asked for. Um, so in theory, probably, yeah. It depends how much is exposed. Right. Or if you just have to, you might have to use whatever Spotify API, whatever to actually get that info. So. There's, there's another, so there's another service that, that I've used in the past, unavatar.io. You can get an avatar for, an, for a person based just purely on their username or their email address. So if you've got the user's email address, which we would, we would have because they've logged in, we can go and ask unavatar to go fetch their, uh, their LinkedIn image. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. It works, it works really well. If you're, if you're building a small little like demo product and you want to add, add some pizzazz to your client, uh, when they log in, just, just make the image use an avatar and pipe in their email address and then they'll see, they'll see the picture of themselves. It's pretty cool. We'll see if we can get some users using the free tier. Um, I still have to publish some content that I'm working on. So the other thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on is a little bit on the heels of the discussion we had last week around creating plugins and templates and things in the bubble ecosystem. What are your thoughts around repurposing the tech for openhouse.social as a generic bubble plugin? So a bubble developer, somebody who's making a website on bubble can go and use our plugin and say, here's a page I made in bubble that's dynamic because you can do dynamic pages in Bubble, and I want not openhouse.social, we might call it something else, but I want our plugin to go and render the image for me dynamically based on the URL. Because I, I don't think something like that exists in Bubble. Well, I th the problem with that is I think we'd have to have some kind of service running somewhere because I don't think, I don't think our Bubble plugin could like spin up an instance of Chrome anywhere I don't No, the bubble plugin couldn't we'd have to run a service yeah we'd have to ha have something running on our infrastructure that is receiving requests from from this bubble plugin um but the way it works is it it can go and fetch i, I don't i don't know the details i have to check in with um amber and dela but it can go and fetch uh a bubble developers page whether that's like somehow needs authentic or authorization to do that and then grabs that dynamic page and renders it as an image and then gives it back to them so that they can use it they could use the plugin to create dynamic open graph images for their pages on bubble or what for whatever other purpose they needed they needed a dynamic image and then the bubble ecosystem allows for subscriptions we can sell subscriptions within bubble so the bubble plugin could include with it um like access to our externally hosted service. That's an interesting idea. Is it maybe easier to just make a plugin that uses one of those existing services already that lets you screenshot? Um, yeah, page? probably. It's probably easier to do that to start. Um, but then, as a way of controlling costs, we could just bring it back to our own to our own thing. Um, I don't know what right. the I don't know what the restrictions are for bubble plugins. Like I know for Coda, for example, when we make a pack with Coda we have to disclose the serv the external services that it accesses and then that that information is disclosed to the user 
or the, or the person who's using the pack. So they can see when they when uh, someone's using our export tables pro pack in Coda, they can see that it connects to our service on the back end and they, they can see the URL there. So it, I, I wouldn't want to necessarily do that um, for the bubble plugin because ultimately we would be uh, bringing all that into our own to our own infrastructure, but yeah, as a way of as a way of testing that out real quick, I think we could yeah, I think we could do that. Cool. It's it's I think it's more around how we would access those pages that are potentially not actually available to the public. I don't know why they wouldn't be though, because they're just images that are being generated. Um, but there might just be some connection that we have to worry about from that service back to Bubble that some of those third-party services can't can't deal with. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not, but right. I'd have to figure out how they charge money, how they charge users in Bubble, but if they paid like a flat rate per month, but then used the third-party service so much that it actually cost us more than they were paying for the for the monthly subscription, we'd have to figure well, that yeah. out. Well, yeah. I imagine if we if we did it so that it was using another service we might just make the user put their own like API key in for that service. I think there's some plugins that were like that. Like there's a, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was a, I think it's a Stripe plugin or maybe it was Plaid, um, but you just put in like your API token. Um, so you're already yeah, that, paying for that. And then you also pay for the plugin, which is like a one-time yeah. payment. That feels a little bit different because like Plaid, um, Plaid is a service for doing bank transfers in uh, or consumer payments. But the difference between those is like you actually need those accounts. You, t you have to be in charge of that because it's it's money happening. Whereas this this might not necessarily need, you know, you don't have to go and sign up for this other third-party service. Um, but anyways, okay, I'm going to I'm going to noodle on that a little bit and uh, I'm going to check with Dela and Amber and see if they've got any insight into some if something like this exists because it feels like it would be pretty easy to build. I think, and I don't know if the demand is there or not, but um, I know I know there's a few cases where we've wanted to to attach open graph images to certain pages. Um, they are fine with being static, but it would be nice if it could possibly be dynamic. We'll see. We'll see where that goes, and uh, hopefully next week Dela is back, and she can maybe even give us some updates on what's happening on property management stuff. Um, but thanks for listening to the Robot Factory podcast. I've been one of your hosts, Jonathan Bowers. And I've been the other host, Caleb Sharp. Uh, Dela Dufford. Duford? Oh, shoot. I can't say her last name properly. <laughs> She'll be back next week, hopefully. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Tools that we, one of the other no-code platforms that we <coughs> use is... <coughs> no. <coughs> <laughs> oh no, it's contagious. Uh -oh. <laughs> it's traveling through the wires. Oh, no.